calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things we've done with the podcast or otherwise. Our Trova trip is coming up in September. Lee, I am dreaming about going to Croatia. It's going to be amazing. cannot wait. First of all, I need a vacation. Second of all, I need a gaycation. So if you all want to join our gay vacation to Croatia, you can join at bit.ly slash Croatia. We have four more spots left. It is going to be queer, amazing, beaches, bike rides, oyster tastings, wine tastings. We're going to see the set of Game of Thrones. I know you probably don't give a shit about that, Lee, but I care. <laughs> I'm super amazing. pumped gonna be great we also want to remind everyone that we are releasing bonus episodes for our patreon supporters this season so if you want to catch all of those our next one is going to be coming out the same day as our season six finale next week june 26 that's going to be on life partners our most recent patreon episode was on ammonite and we have a whole bunch of them that we recorded over this whole season. So if you want to find all of those, you can get them at any level of Patreon supporter. And you can join at bit.ly slash lespatreon. In the greater Les universe, Haley Kyoko just released her first novel. It's called Girls Like Girls. It is a fictionalization or expanded version of her song Girls Like Girls, which that music video was life-changing, so I cannot imagine a full-length novel about it. Like, I'm here for it. We also wanted to shout out former guest of the pod, Jess Tom, who moderated Elliot Page's 
book launch of Page Boy. So congrats to Elliot Page, obviously. Congrats to Jess <laughs> for moderating the event. I also loved, I don't know if anyone else saw this, but um, I saw a, a post from the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence where they had gifted Elliot this beautiful, what would I call that? Plaque. Uh, yeah, like a, an award plaque award, like framed yeah. thing. Um, and it says, Elliot Page is now Saint Page Boy, transcendent trailblazer of truth and insightful exemplar of authentic identity. Um, and I just thought that was wonderful. So Love it. Great. This next point has me really feeling some kind oh, of way yeah. because yeah, yeah. Warrior Nun had to hide their lesbian storyline from Netflix. So there's an article that came out where the creators of Warrior Nun basically were like, Netflix did not want them to make this show gay. And screw you, Netflix. We hate you. Um, And except you gave us the ultimatum queer love. So we sort of like you. But they were like, do not make these characters gay. We don't want to go there. And so in every single script, they would write like, loves her, quote unquote, like a friend. And they would secretly tell the writers room, no, we're just writing this in the script for the net network executives but don't worry we're making them gay and that is cracking me up i just i love that they had like a a wink wink nudge nudge uh writing (laughs) writing experience where they're like yes they love each other like friends nudge wink 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 what i mean yeah i love that love that for them but also so horrible that we have to freaking still sneak lesbian story no it's insane i mean it's the whole story is gross and i hate it i just think it's great that they were just like fuck you netflix we're doing what we want so it's great and then they did what they wanted and they got canceled so screw you netflix again also, I feel like I, I know I just said it, but I will mention it again just so everyone knows. Next week's episode will be our season six finale. As you all know, Ellie and I are going to take a, a few weeks off like we do every summer to kind of regroup, get a little bit ahead on our recording sessions for next season. Very important, especially now that we're doing an extra recording session every month for <sighs> the uh, Patreon yes, episodes. Very um, important. We will be dropping some wonderful episodes of some other great queer podcasts that we want to help highlight for you and that maybe maybe you have heard of them maybe you haven't but you should know that they're out there so keep an eye out for that but we do have one week left of your regularly scheduled programming so our season six finale can you believe we've made it ellie looks like we made it look how far we've come my baby (laughs) that's what's happening this week back to you ellie and lee Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome to our 108th installment of Should've Been Gay. Oh, oh, it was fun, it was great, but it should've been a little more gay. And in this week's episode, when Cameron was in Egypt's land, <laughs> let my Cameron go. So beautiful. Listen, it's not the top choice song most people would have gone with from this movie. But you know how sometimes you just have those random things that you like quote all the time for no reason you out of context? I quote that all the time. Kelsey you, hates it. <laughs> do you have anyone named Cameron in your life? No. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I just like that one line of this movie. I don't know why it stuck with me. OK, it's just That's it is it? what it is. In other news, 
We are very excited to be joined by a special guest for today's episode. We have Emma Jane, who is a Brooklyn-based singer, songwriter, and teaching artist for the Future Perfect Project, a nonprofit dedicated to amplifying the voices of queer youth. Emma, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And I also love that little Cameron ditty. It's so good. <laughs> Can't beat it. It's it's just a great one, right? Yeah, it's Jewish coded, Prince of Egypt coded. I love it. As a Jew, I love it. I don't know why <laughs> it, it makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh so much every time and it's stupid and I love it. I mean, this entire film is like definitely like Matthew Broderick is a Broadway baby. Yeah. Yes. Like skip. Yeah, like so much. So much. Like dancing in his own pride parade, really. I know. Seriously, in his own pride parade in the middle of the streets of Chicago, which mm -hmm. dancing in a parade, pride coded. Yes. Gay coded. <laughs> for sure. But we will dive into that. Let's start with our IMDb synopsis. Are you ready, Lee? I am so ready. Uh, our IMDb synopsis for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 1986 classic, classic hit film, is as follows. A high school wise guy is determined to have a day off from school, despite what the principal thinks of that. Cool IMDb synopsis. And pretty tepid, <laughs> I tepid don't know. response. I don't know if I could have put it better, but I don't like it. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm like, I don't know if I could have done a better job, but someone should have done a better job with that. <laughs> anyone. Please, yeah. anyone. Well, I just don't like that it ends with the word that. Yeah. Me, word. Syntactically. Word yes. the wise. <laughs> don't end the sentence that way. Don't. Don't, don't. do it. That. And also, like, don't what, do that. Does the, what does the principal think of that? Mm, yeah, we never know. Well, you find we'll out when know. you watch the movie. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. So do you think we can make it better and gayer? Oh, I'm sure we can. Emma, do you have a gay synopsis for Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Sure do. A trans mask. <laughs> a trans mask, popular kid, and his polycule enjoy a day away from a capitalistic institution. His sister, who is a soft butch egg, is jealous <laughs> because... There is a lot of gender envy between her and her trans brother because he's kind of the realized version of what she wants to be. And it's really an exploration of gender dynamics, queerness, and capitalist institutions. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I love that it. That has changed the entire film for me. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this film. First of all, it's I my love it. favorite movie of all time. And I loved it so much as a kid was in love with Matthew Broderick and was in love with Ferris. And then I grew up and kind of realized, like, actually, maybe I just wanted to be like a cool boyfriend. Um, but you wanted to be have... that that little gay boy. I wanted to be that little gay boy. <laughs> Didn't uh, we all? Didn't yeah, we all? We all did. So but I still have room in my heart for him. He's the blueprint. He's the gender envy. He's he's everything to me. And so is Sloan. And so is Cameron. Like, those are my those are my people. They're a polycule. Love it. They, I see them as a polycule for sure. Right. This is literally that was my gay synopsis uh, as well. Mine is a queer poly triad deepen their relationship and come to a better understanding of their connection to each other on one magical day in this high camp classic. Incredible. Beautiful. I'm just going to read my notes because I wrote like only a few. <laughs> but here they are. 
Sloane is a gay-ass bitch. (laughs) Cameron and Ferris are hot for each other. The principal quotes, your ass is mine. Nice. 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 That's okay. I like how your gay synopsis took like a haiku approach to this assignment. Absolutely. That scene scene where the principal (laughs) Rooney says your ass is mine. He mistakes a like short haired lesbian. Yeah. In the in the arcade pizza shop for Ferris. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's telling. And that was like I filmed that moment. (laughs) I filmed it. <laughs> when I was watching today, I just like filmed a bunch of times. There's also this amazing nurse who's coming to deliver a singing telegram to Ferris because everyone. Yes. That's like that's mother. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Like the cast of Rocky Horror shows up to your front door. Yeah. Pretty this much. this yeah. movie that I'm not lying like high camp, man. This is extremely just off the charts. It's great. I mean, I as I say that, Ellie. <laughs> yes. Do you, so cuz okay, uh, Emma, you just told us a little bit about your uh experience with mm-hmm. the movie. So we usually like to like to share a little bit where where are we at? What's our backstory? Ellie, what's what's your experience? With well, Steeler. See, I feel bad about this because I know it's your favorite movie, Emma, and I honestly rarely say this but, but, but about most of the movies that we watch. I just watched it again, and I just don't get it. (laughs) That's okay. But I'm sorry. But maybe it's just because, like, I didn't watch it in my formative years. I'm also from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. So it was, like, cool to see, like, my backyard in a movie, I guess. When did you first watch this, Ellie? I feel like I first watched it, like, when I was, like, mid-20s, even. Mm. Like, and only Mm. because someone told me I should watch it. And I feel like it's such a, like, high school film. Totally. That, like, you have to be first a high schooler watching it to be, like, really connected to it. Mm. So I think I'm just too old. I'm like, yeah, I feel I feel for the principal. You know what I mean? Okay, that's really telling. <laughs> not actually, not actually. But, that's really telling. But you know what I mean? When you watch a high school movie, high school movie, and you're like, I relate more to the parents than the high schoolers. And you're like, this is, this is how I turned a corner in my life. Totally. It's just my comfort movie too. Like, I'm not sure it's the best movie ever made, but it's my favorite one and it's comforting mm-hmm. to me. Well, so. and I can understand why it would bring joy to people. Like, it's okay. very silly. Okay, it is there fun. We, there we go. Yeah. I can totally understand it. There we go. I just, maybe it's because like, I watched it after the hype, all the hype had mm-hmm. happened about it. Mm-hmm. That I was like, it's a good movie. Yeah. Sure. But I wasn't like, this is the, Whoa, that's the best movie I've ever seen. Couldn't live up. Couldn't live up to the own standards. Do you know what I mean? It didn't live up to the own expectations. Listen, I I just need you to know, Emma, that I'm usually the giant Debbie Downer. And I'm like, yay, sunshine rainbows. I'm always the person who's like, I just don't know if it was for me. So I'm I'm just deeply enjoying this moment, is all. Oh, good. Um, yeah, because I I did watch this in high school and I'm like, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't even matter. It's just it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. It's just like that's that movie. That's she's that's, that girl. That's that movie. Yeah. 
it's just it is what it is. It is it's it's never been like okay. Here's what I was thinking about when I was rewatching this movie because we just did we just put out a should have been gay on Greece. I think like two okay. should been gays ago. We talked about Greece and one of the things that I love in Greece that I remember when we were talking about it for the episode is talking about how like it's a movie that simultaneously happens over the course of like an entire school year and also two weeks. Right. Yep. Same to me. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm like the length of this day is like Insane. laughable is just bonkers right. is I mean, nonsensical this day lasts three weeks easy right exactly exactly and yet it's perfect like you can't question you can you can't question you don't question it it just is what it is that the point is not reality it's That's just far energy from the point it's energy yeah. and this getting, movie is straight vibes that's it's exactly vibes. correct and getting from <laughs> downtown chicago back to the north shore of chicago would have taken the whole day depending on traffic. So that was a little confusing as well. Yeah. Well, and similarly, it's like the whole thing with Rooney's car where I'm like, Rooney's car somehow acquires like 12 parking tickets yes. and gets towed in the span of like an hour. And you're like, absolutely. <laughs> what are How? we doing here? What well, are we I doing? Think Rooney, in my gay analysis, Rooney's the Rooney's the only straight character. Like no matter which way you had canon it, Rudy, Rooney is straight. And I said, Rooney is a straight principal. He falls in mud. He gets attacked by a dog. He gets kicked in the face by Jeannie and he gets his car towed. Like this movie is taking a strong stance on cishet patriarchy. Yes. If all of those bad things are happening to him. You're like you're you're yeah. cutting right to like all of my deepest analyses on this movie. And I kind of I kind of love it. Because okay. yeah, I think I think Rooney absolutely represents like comp hat in this movie to me mm -hmm. chasing down all of our gay protagonists and just getting the shit kicked out of him yeah when you're chasing down a gay person you're running away from yourself write yeah. that down no just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mic Hold drop it. mic, mic drop. drop but yeah and then also him confusing a butch for a man that's it, whether it's internalized or not that's homophobic behavior Yes, it's like homophobic, but it's also like maybe the moment that he realizes he's not quite as straight as he thought. Yes. Yeah, but he's you know? so he's so he's the straightest he's so of all the characters. In it. Yeah, he's, he can't get out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like he even if he had any sort of gayness in him, he would be the person who like goes to a gay bar and then like pretends he wasn't there. Yeah, or it's like this is it was just too noisy. It just wasn't for me. I'm done with gay mm -hmm. spaces. I'm like. Okay, honey. I feel like I feel like Rooney to me would be the kind who goes to a gay bar and somehow still doesn't realize he's in one, you mm. know, like just literally can't see it. It's like, wow, it's really colorful in here. And yeah. a lot of like men are wearing mesh. That's interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> interesting. I was also maybe seeing what's his assistant's name? Oh, oh the the Grace. Is that Grace? Grace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was also like maybe seeing the two of them being in like a subdom kind of Ooh. scenario together. Whoa, you I know? could see it. The way he yells at her, the way she kind mm -hmm. of gets off on his power. I mean, yeah. but she's I also like, like an interesting dynamic there. Oh, she would for sure have to be the dom. No, what are you talking about? Like, no, I think she's the brat. I think she's the bottom brat. Mm. I'm going to I'm uh, listen, I just want to have some hard stances on this episode. So I'm going to respectfully disagree. <laughs> OK, well, then I have to come clean. And I do think Rooney's gay. I mean, straight. Oh, my God. Freudian. Freudian <laughs> slave. I think I think the principal is straight 100 mm. percent and a little homophobic. That's my that's, it. that's my hot take. And he deserves to get 
kicked in the face yes. by our um, submerged. Um, I'm like, what's her name? Baby? Jeannie. <laughs> baby, yeah. yeah. Ferris Bueller and Baby Bueller. I said Jeannie. <laughs> Jeannie's a lesbian. In the scene with Charlie Sheen, she just likes him because he looks kind of butch if you squint. And when they're talking, she says these two things to him. She says, why don't you put your thumb up your butt? Okay. Queer coded. <laughs> a little specific. And, and then she says to him, he's like talking to her and she's like, blow yourself. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And also their whole talk together is like him psychoanalyzing her. That is lesbian behavior. Yes. Um, that's queer behavior of like meeting someone and three minutes after you meet, you're getting like a therapy session. You're getting like the DSM five is out. Like, uh, and then she she literally says like, what are you? Tarot cards are being yeah. turned over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he literally says like, you should go to therapy. Like here's, yeah. here's a therapist I recommend. Yes. Yeah. He's literally like, go to therapy. And then she, she says, what are you a psychiatrist? And anyway, but then they make out, which is like, maybe she's like trans non-binary. But I do feel like Charlie Sheen gives like super queer vibes in that scene. A hundred percent. Like the haircut, the outfits. He's like a few steps away from being in like a dyke leather bar. Like he's very close, dangerously close. Yeah. He's like, why are you in? And he's like drugs, quote unquote. But he's also like sodomy. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Now we're getting somewhere. He's like, I was doing drugs in the gay bar bathroom. Yeah. You know, just. He is the exclusive dealer for the gay bar in the city. But then I was like, are these old movies like are all the pretty mean girls just giving me gay energy because that's what I want or because they're genuinely (laughs) giving off gay energy? Because I just love gay energy. Is it or am I just like I love a pretty mean girl and we all love as a society love pretty mean girls? Probably both. Okay. Okay. I'll because I agree, like, it's like, is it wishful thinking? Because you're like, yes, please. Right. When we did or should have been gay on actual, the movie Mean Girls. Oh, my gosh. It's like, are you just like, yes, step on me, Regina George? Right. Or is she actually super queer? But like, girls gay. Right. I think so. Like, I think she's gay. I think her and Janice Ian's like, definitely hooked up. Yes. And then there's like a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of internalized things going on. Her and Jeannie can go to couples therapy together. That would be an amazing couple. Well, <laughs> yes. And also, I mean, to put, there's another thing that Charlie Sheen says in that episode, in that um, scene, which is basically like, stop looking so much at your brother. Like your problems with your brother are problems with yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, that goes back which, to my theory. When I you said, said that theory, I was like, that blew everything out of the water for me. Yeah. It's basically their tension is to, in the movie is to explore the relationship between between trans masculine people and dykes and she shows up for him at the end which is like butch trans mask solidarity but it's also like wait were you actually just really jealous of him for how free he was because you wish you were a boy and then i read up on jennifer gray who's the actress who Mm -hmm. plays genie there's this weird article about her that's like all of her early crushes were on gay men she had obsessions with gay men she had a crush on Liza Minnelli's ex-husband. Um, and she's just like kind of obsessed with gay men, like their freedom and their sexuality. I'll send this article to you guys because. Interesting. Yeah. She says meeting Broadway stars triggered this phenomenon of craving like gay male Broadway stars. <laughs> she's attracted that- to the overt sexuality of gay men. So on and off screen, this girly wants to be a gay man. 
or should I say this boily? You know what I mean? This, yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's an egg. Yes. Honey, that's I mean, an egg. she's aggressively upset. Like, mm-hmm. aggressively. And I like the fact that you, like, that you're reading Ferris as trans mask because I also feel like in a, like, modern, more modern day reading of it, it is, like, also he's, like, the most popular kid in school also. So yes. there's also this, like, other layer of his sister being, like, so he just gets to be exactly who he is and everyone loves him for it. Ooh, that that part, like, too. Which is true even if, without the gay subtext. Like, that's... There's something, like, she doesn't feel free and so his freedom upsets her. But also, if we're going to peel the gay stuff away, it's, like, men get away with everything vibes. Mm-hmm. So, but it's yeah, not even like, just getting away with it, and it's not—it's not just the freedom either. Because I think there's a big thing in Jeannie's story in this where it's like she spends all day with this constant reminder of like everybody's like, "Oh, how's your brother? Like, right. how's Ferris? Like the thing with like the the big um save water Ferris. water tower with the yeah. save Ferris and the, all <laughs> this stuff." And it's like there's something so specific about Ferris being seen. Mm-hmm. by all of the people in their community, you know, and like that acknowledged too. and valued that like really doesn't sit right for her in a way that only someone who feels deeply unseen, you know, like that's what kind right. of resonates with me about Janie's thing is like, it's a weird thing to be that upset that people care about your brother. <laughs> right. It, it It is a little intense. And also she's like, I guess like, he got the car or I got the car and he got the computer and she's still yeah bitter even though she has a big one up on him do we think are they twins i don't think so i thought she, i think i thought she was supposed to be older oh i think she's, she's older, younger that makes no sense because oh is yeah. she younger cuz he's a senior he's he a just senior. looks like such a baby in this he's so baby it was yeah. like it's funny because like in high school i was so attracted and obviously it came out but i can still find a man attractive like I'm not blind and so it's funny watching back and I'm like oh you're like kind of too baby yeah you're baby but Cameron I have a newfound a newfound love for like Cameron I'm like okay that's 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 bae now so you find Cameron more attractive now well okay yeah I've I've newfound appreciation for Cameron like growing up I was like Cameron's obviously like the funny friend and as a lot of people's funny friend I'm like and Cameron's hot Maybe that's me wanting to be. This is actually a therapy session. Maybe I see myself in Cameron, which leads me to my next point that Cameron is asexual panromantic. Okay, Mm. hit us. Basically, there's this quote that Ferris says, Cameron has never been in love. At least nobody's ever been in love with him. If things don't change for him, he's going to marry the first girl he lays and she's going to treat him like shit because she will have given him what he has built up in his mind as the end all be all of human existence. So like... Sex is this thing he's never had. A relationship's this thing he's never had, but he's built it up in his head. Okay, interesting. And then also there's this weird moment where like he pretends to be kind of like knocked out and like having like a a mental disturbance, which he kind of is half having, half not. And then they realize he was kind of faking it. And then Sloan is like, Cameron, did you see me change out of my clothes by the jacuzzi? And he's like, yeah, I did. He doesn't say anything, but he just smiles. He does such a weird smile. And then she goes, that's OK. I'm not embarrassed. So I'm like, OK, yeah. clearly there's an understanding that like he's not out here sexualizing people. Yeah. Because... Well, I, also, I also read that, though, like 
I I still think that Cameron's in love with Ferris. So okay. how did you get from that to being in love with Ferris, seeing Sloane? Like, oh, I have no, I have no feelings towards a woman. Type yeah, of like I feel like it was like he's like, yeah, I saw you naked, but like they try to make. I think they try to make us think that he's into Sloane, mm. but like he also pretends like Ferris has to save him, right? And I felt like that moment he like wanted Ferris to give him mouth to mouth. Okay, like, I feel like he was like, true. let me be. He's like, I'm going to try to see how long can I pull this off before Ferris tries to give me mouth to mouth. When he tumbles into the pool. Yeah. And like, I feel like he was like, so like, he was like fucking with Ferris in a way that like felt super. And like, he'll do anything Ferris asks. Like, he's like, he's like, anything Ferris asks him, he will do. That's true. Okay, here's here's my theory, because I, I do very much see them as a poly triad. But I feel like to me, they're a poly triad that had Ferris as like the hinge of the V until this movie, until the day of this movie happens. And that's when they like close, close the little triangle that's when you feel like Cameron between Cameron and Sloan. Well. I just feel like Cameron and Sloan get a chance to like deepen their relationship a bit on this day. You yeah. know, instead of being like at odds with each other. Ferris, though. That's I mean, like yes. they literally were like talking about him. They're like, wow, like he's so like free and, and what But like, are they holding the hands during that? Aren't they holding hands kind of walking near the parade? They're they're just very close. <laughs> I don't remember if they're holding hands or not. I kind of made that up. The screen's cut off and I was like, in my mind they're, yeah, holding, they're hands. holding hands. <laughs> but it works, doesn't it? I think it works. And then and so that's why that whole moment to me when he when she's like, were you watching me like changing by, by the jacuzzi and like his little smile and like they're both clearly like into it and OK with it. But I think it's a part of their relationship they hadn't explored yet. You know, I think, huh, that's really interesting. But I think it's compersion. <laughs> I think they're just both like we love we love our our shared partner and God bless you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and God bless you. God bless you. That's how every I, conversation about non-monogamy should start and end with, with a little God bless. With a little God bless. I agree with Emma that I do feel like they both love Ferris so much. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, because that's like, I do feel like they're like, they're both Ferris's partner. And then, yeah, they're like friendly with each other. And meanwhile, I think Ferris is a relationship anarchist. Not that flirting is cheating, but he's flirting with all the girlies on the parade float. He's flirting with the girlies when he needs to run home. Yeah, yeah. When he's when he turns back around during the mad sprint home. Yeah, and he's like, Ferris Bueller, nice to meet you. Playing with um, fire, Ferris. That is a flirt. That's a relationship well, and anarchist. S- and Sloane is like so, I don't know. I just feel like she also is super non-monogamous because she yeah. like, he's like, let's get married. And she's like, no. Right. She's like, why the hell would I get married? I mean, besides the fact that he says all that shit. But it's like, I also feel like there's something about her that's so... She's a Virgo. Commit. Like, she's just like, she would also be flirting with whoever she wants. Right. So, like, she, she wants that freedom. They're, this is a fully open, low polycule. They're just... It's uh, very yeah. healthy. I feel like it's very healthy, honestly. I think it's, it's relationship value. goals for, like, the Gen Z the fact world that right is, now. Like, you doesn't... Know? act like a misogynistic asshole when his best friend sees his girlfriend naked. Yeah. Like, he's like, cool. You know, right. like, that also is, like, so just, like, everything about it is so, like, the opposite of what you see in heteronormative scenarios. 
Absolutely. I noticed like, that there's too. There's no like fight between him and Cameron of like, how dare you like be whatever. It's yeah. so just like chill. And I love that. I'm like, check your toxic masculinity at the door. Everyone sees everybody naked. Or is Ferris not upset because Cameron's asexual and really doesn't have okay. eyes for people in that way? Yeah. Counter Counterpoint to that is I will just point out the one quote that Ferris has somewhere earlier in the movie where he says, Cameron's so tight. If you stuck a lump of coal up his ass in two weeks, you'd have a diamond. Okay, that... Just a quick counterpoint. Have to counterpoint it. Cameron's so tight. I'm just saying. You'd have a diamond. He knows he's tight. I mean, he seems to be pretty (laughs) sure about it. From experience. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, that's interesting. Just a thought. Just a thought. Okay, I'm kind of... Plus, I think there's deep implications of the fact that they... When they have that whole scene in the pool, right? Like, they sort of gloss over the fact that they have to have changed Cameron's clothes while he was catatonic, right? Like... Oh, yeah, they both saw him naked. He's not... Yeah, he's not in the the jersey anymore. You're so right. Well, he was wearing... What was he... Was he wearing his suspenders and his, like, little... He's not in suspenders. He's in, like, a... He's in, like, a t-shirt and, like, little white boxer brief things right okay well let's look up Cameron at the pool scene because I'm fully convinced that something (laughs) sexual is happening with all three (laughs) Cameron falls in pool I'm looking it up that pool scene was highly like I just feel like the tension between when Ferris is like thinking that Cameron is dead obviously that's like my best friend's dead and that's upsetting but it felt like my love like my lover like, do not leave me. My love yeah. can't leave me. Okay, this picture is crazy. If you are listening to this, obviously you won't be able to see it, but I will describe it. I need to send it to you both. Yeah. Paint us a word a, picture. This is a crazy photograph of basically uh, Sloan's half naked in this like slip. Cameron's- Sloan's in, yeah, Sloan's in like a little like nighty almost i'm like where did you get these clothes she's not in a bathing suit right no sun's in a nighty ferris is like naked and then they're like kind of all also to the polycule theory there's this part where the first time they like pull over on lakeshore drive the the freeway and check that he's okay after he sees like that they've racked up a bunch of miles in the car she's like really lovingly stroking his head and his hair and i'm like that is intimate behavior in high school, yes. like, you're not really touching your guy friends. At least for me, I wasn't. It was kind of a don't touch sitch unless it was your... <laughs> I feel like that's that's also telling of okay, your well, sexuality. Well, <laughs> and there and there you have it. But, but no, I agree. You're I, very it's not touchy. Like, I feel like high schoolers have very strict, like, gender boundaries. Yes. It's like, this is my boyfriend and I can touch him. But, like, otherwise... Right. You're not. Right. I think you're, but also that that's the whole point of this this triad is like they don't act like what you expect a high from high schoolers. I know. Well, they go. I was I was like, if I had the day off in Chicago, what would I do? I don't know if I'd go to the museum. That's just me. I know that. <laughs> I know I'm not. Maybe I don't sound very cultured for saying that, but I think with my day off from school in high school. I would not want to go to the museum and I would not have the money to pay for that fancy dinner or that fancy lunch they go to. I would probably go to the lake, smoke weed. That was fun for me at the time and um, get a few bags of hot Cheetos, call it a day. You know what I mean? Like they Mm -hmm. really live it up and like 
it's almost like they're 40 years old, the activities they're choosing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, the like, fancy restaurant. The baseball game. How did they go to Wrigley Field and back and and lunch like there is no time for this day this impossible day and so while they're bri- this while they're- day exists outside of the space-time continuum okay kind of like each of their genders and relationships yes. Yes. <laughs> yes exactly so maybe that's a commentary on that like it's like we're leaving school the oppressive structure behind to have this like idyllic day we're also rejecting traditional relationship like the confines of a traditional relationship. And we're also rejecting um, that time is linear because I'm going to go to a baseball game, have a two hour five course meal at a French restaurant, run yeah. into my dad twice and um, do a whole museum, do a whole museum and also do and a, whole a parade. parade. Yeah. And it won't affect my traffic getting back to the North Shore of Chicago. Uh, no not problem. at all. Not a bit. And that's because why would it? That's because the gays are in touch with the universe. <laughs> we, we're, we're highly favored. Well, listen, you know what I think it is? I think the space-time continuum is just one, as you said, one of many things that this movie just rejects the premise of entirely, right? Like, all of the things that you would think, and not so many, especially 80s movies, right? Like, 80s movies were some of the worst offenders. When we go back and and do a lot of shipping gays on, like, the the 80s hits, like... Man, the comp het is so rough and the like relationship dynamics and the way that they portray like flirting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's they're bad. They're bad. This movie rejects all of that. It just takes all of that and like just brushes it to the side like so smoothly you barely even notice that it's happening to you, right? Right. It's just like, oh, time non-existent. Gender, who cares? Like com- right. com- comp het, you know, relationship stuff, we don't need it. Jealousy, never heard of her. Like it's just yes. left and right everywhere you look. And I think it starts out so soon, right? Because let's think about this movie. This movie starts out f- the very get-go, the the main premise of this movie is Ferris waking up and saying like, oh, society expects me to do something. Not going to do that thing. Not going to school today. Right. And then what does he proceed to do? He proceeds to have the most elaborate morning showering, dressing, primping routine Mm -hmm. of any 18 year old boy in existence. Right. How old was he when this filmed? Good question. Let's look it up. While you're looking that up, I also want to say he changes outfits about four times in the beginning. He's like in this like island boy outfit when he's having a little cocktail outside. He's like then in his jazz outfit when he's playing the clarinet or the oboe or whatever it is. And then he's like in these in the suit. And I think that is gender dysphoria. He can't really decide on an outfit that feels Mm -hmm, affirming. mm -hmm. And so, I mean, what queer person hasn't changed their outfit? upwards of five six twelve times before leaving the house because you know the boobs don't go with the outfit or we need more boobs with the outfit you know it's just all too relatable well and then and so okay so so he lands for a little bit on the suit that they go pick up sloan in but then he like hard pivots from the suit into his like most of the rest of the day outfit which is like his little cheetah print vest you know and Mm -hmm. i'm just like of all of the choices to make this (laughs) i know i know this feels like the gayest choice to land on it does it does and i've looked for that looked for that vest i was ferris and cameron for halloween with my girlfriend 
Now I would have demanded to be Ferris, but at the time I got to live my, oh no, we were Ferris and Sloan. Now I would have wanted to be Ferris and Cameron, but then we were Ferris and Sloan. And the one thing I got wrong about Sloan's outfit, I was wearing pearl earrings. She actually wears one pearl earring and one dangly. I mean, uh, that's, yes. that's, that's flagging. Gay. That's flagging. That's flagging. That's so gay. I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, She's telling oh, everyone. Your earrings don't match. No, what else doesn't match? You in this society. Yes. <laughs> Although God, very, like, your... very beautiful. Like, very, um, I feel like everyone would agree. Beautiful. Person. Yeah, like, stunningly. And so was, like, you kind of do have an easy time in society. You just, like, cry a little bit, pretend your grandma dies and get away with stuff. So... Yeah. Sloan does have it kind of easy, but, you know, she's trying to signal to the world. I'm not like other girls. I'm wearing two different earrings. Yeah. I'm not like other girls. I'm different earrings. I also feel like, like I said, it's just like she's not like other girls in like the way that she interacts with heteronormative society. Yeah. She's like so not about like she doesn't have to give a like you don't own me speech, but like she. Right. Right. And I also love that, like. Her attitude with Cameron is not I'm like I'm a guy's girl. It's just like we're all here hanging out. Mm -hmm. Love that. You know who does give a you don't own me speech, though? That would be Cameron at the end when Mm -hmm. he gives his whole like I have to take a stand. Like he's basically giving like I have to come out to my dad speech about like my gay love triangle that I'm in and the little happy polycule that we have formed with each other. And like I don't care what he thinks. I have to be strong. And like he he that moment is just like, you know, it's a queer journey. It's a queer little journey for Cameron. And then Ferris is like, I'll take the blame for the car. Your yes. dad hates your dad hates me already. Uh, and it's like, of course does dad, he does. <laughs> does dad hate you because he caught you two canoodling? Yes. yes. Oh, for sure. Okay, there we have it. His but dad I, his dad has walked in on some shit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Cameron just does feel asexual to me, but maybe not like sex averse. I'm like, mm. you are on the asexual spectrum. Like it I could just be think like gray ace, gray ace. Like, that's fine. Yes. I think it is not. I think he has things that are more valuable to him. I think it's not mm. something he thinks about. I think he has responsive desire. <laughs> you know? Interesting. I mean, I think you I don't think you're wrong though. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Okay, because <laughs> I do feel like that's why, like, he's in love with Ferris in a very, like, asexual kind of way. Yeah. It's very romantic. It's very tender. It's, like, very it's, deep. Yeah, it's not platonic, but it's no. not... Yeah, which is why I think he has the capacity to fall in love with any gender. I don't think he really needs the physical to be satisfied or even thinks about it. I mean, that's the thing, too. When Ferris says that, it's almost like that's what Ferris, like Ferris is assuming that's what Cameron thinks about when he's talking about the sex part. Yes, but it's not. Like, it doesn't feel like that's something Cameron would have said to him. All we know is, well, he also, Cameron's wound up so tight he would... The diamond thing. Yeah, like, the there's diamond, a lot yeah. of assumptions mm-hmm. being made about Cameron from Ferris. And it's like, Ferris, are you trying to mold Cameron into your dream guy? What's going on here? I do think it is like Ferris being intensely sexual with his asexual partner. And he, 
I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. like he's putting all of his shit onto Cameron when like that's not really how Cameron is. Wait, another that and also I'm realizing their fight when they're calling Rooney to pretend to be Sloane's parents. They get in this like huge fight. Like Cameron really freaks out irrationally at Ferris for just like I don't know the way they talk to each other like feels like very like boys in high school being like you suck like shut up and then Cameron's like I'm gonna go home because I'm you intentionally hurt my feelings and then Ferris is like no I didn't intentionally hurt your feelings I'm like okay we're unpacking we're yeah we're unpacking it's a very tender scene I feel like there's like like Ferris is super apologetic right and then he's like he like calms him down and then he's like but you were wrong and you're like you guys are like so. I they're, know. But they're like also for yes. They're like an old married couple, like right when they're bickering like, like oh, that. I, oh, honey, I don't want you to be upset, but like, can you just? You were wrong, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. I love there's my favorite exchange in that whole thing is when he's like, he's like, I didn't hit you, I lightly slapped you, and then Cameron's like, you hit me. <laughs> and they yeah. Just, they're so like they're so cute and it's like that it's the same that's that's old married couple fighting right there yeah you know yeah he doesn't fight with sloan let mm-hmm. that be known there's not really no. any tension there no there's like she's so conflict. tender with him yeah yeah she's like really gentle with cameron and i find it really cute sloan doesn't oh, have conflict with ferris anyone i meant ferris and now yeah. that you oh, mentioned ferris. it yeah yeah no yeah. but there's no tension with cameron either sloan and cameron so she's definitely the peacemaker of the group oh of for sure mm-hmm. well because mm-hmm. i feel like she probably came in later right i mean it feels like ferris and cameron They've have known probably, each other since fifth grade yeah like have probably been a thing for a while now and i feel like sloan is a more recent Mm-hmm. addition to the oh you know triad. why because ferris was like i'm all in on men and then you know started taking tea and was like okay i'm exploring my capacity for attraction to other genders and yeah. that's why we need to yes. open this up because we all know that can happen but and doesn't that make a really beautiful story if you imagine like because I feel like Cameron would have would have had probably a little bit of like taken some time to come around to that, you know, mm-hmm, like part definitely. of their relationship. And that's why I feel like this movie is such a beautiful exploration of what what they're like, what they're learning and how they're all learning to like function together as a unit in this this beautiful campy 12 week long day you know? yes. yes and i also love when cameron and sloan are talking about college and yeah she's like what are you interested in and he's like nothing and she kind of laughs and i'm worried it's like a judgment moment but then she says me neither i'm I, like i'm also interested in nothing and that was really beautiful i feel like that's what the movie's about and that's why i love it so much because it is pure vibes it's pure energy it's yeah teens simultaneously thinking they know everything and like visiting the stock market and going to the fanciest restaurants and like the hubris of being a teen and also like being a teen and not knowing shit and being so scared for what's next and not and, and admitting to the fact like I don't know myself very well. I might have a lot of confidence, but I do not know myself very well yet. Yeah. Just, and just like the, the prioritizing like I do feel like as an adult watching this, Going back to my earlier thing, it is also like a reminder to be like, you could literally just like live your life for a day. Like all the like everything they do is quote unquote nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But like Cameron, I feel like is the embodiment of like he's like so like uptight. And then throughout the day, he's like, but I actually had a good day today. Like when Ferris 
when Ferris goes on the parade and is like, <laughs> I am in this parade to make sure that my boyfriend Cameron has a good day. has something right has yeah. a good day has a good day like that is the pinnacle of like romance he's like I'm okay. gonna lip sync for my life twice um oh my god he, he literally okay the okay, lip sync I, also is such drag culture it's yeah. such drag culture I literally wrote in my notes I was like I'm sorry but Ferris up on this float in his little vest singing Donkashane and Twist and Shout I'm like he's basically like two steps away from a drag show like yeah. this is it's so it's so much but I okay so here's my new thesis statement of this movie okay Tell. is is Ferris has been sort of stuck as the hinge in this triad for a while of trying to navigate like Cameron's needs and Sloane being like a new part of all of this. And he skips school all against all odds at all personal risk, right? To throw a magical day for his two partners. Whoa. To, to, to get Cameron out, right? Because think about Cameron at the beginning of this movie, right? Like, Cameron, let my Cameron go. Cameron is, Deeply is depressed. He's despondent. Yeah. And Ferris is like, I'm going to brighten his day and we're going to bring Sloane and we're going to make a whole magical day of it. And when it's still not enough, he's like, yeah, I'm going to co-opt a whole fucking parade mm-hmm. and serenade you and give you and Sloane time to, like, have some moments talk come to some understandings together like wow. you know you get those really sweet moments like when they're when Cameron and Sloan are, are holding hands and having that conversation okay let's, let's about, call it out what it is I they think are I think hands. we should do it yeah like let's and you know and Cameron has that moment where he's like I'm gonna miss you guys next year you know and it's like it's not just Ferris, Ferris. he's like including Sloan now and I think because the thing is the part that always like kills me when you rewatch this movie is after Cameron gives his whole speech, his whole like, I'm taking a stand against my dad's speech at the end. There's this moment where they're all just like making eye contact and like smiling meaningfully at each other. Yeah. Right. In a way that, again, just like doesn't match up with the stupid teenage hijinks of what's happening. Right. right. Like they're all having this like really deep moment at that point, And they're all like, like just sharing these like really charged like eye contact looks yeah and i feel like that's what's happening is he's like no actually like i do want to tell my dad and like this is real what the three of us have and like this day proved it to me you know wow I'm, like, I'm just i'm here for it that's all and then you have fucking rooney who's like i'm gonna ruin everything and he shows up to ruin everything and genie's like i might hate my like trans brother but if there's one thing gay people will always team up against, it. it is straight people. Like, get the fuck people. out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might be a turf, but yeah. I love my... <laughs> That's basically what Jeannie's saying. That's literally what Jeannie's saying. Um, oh, don't, don't make Jeannie a turf. She doesn't okay. deserve that. No, no one deserves that. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> I think the one element I haven't brought up yet, because it's not really queer, is just this is a very neurodivergent movie. Oh, I yeah. Think, I think the day they had is like textbook ADHD, like chasing the <laughs> dopamine <laughs> around. It's like, what if we went to the museum? Oh, I'm hungry. What if we went to this restaurant? We can't get in. I'll, I'll pretend to be the per- like, it just really reminds me of me, <laughs> like chasing the fun at, at all costs and 
being so bored in school that you're like, I will, I will do anything to get out of here um, to get that hit of dopamine and energy that I crave. Yes. I mean, it is. It's like ADHD. It's like clinical depression, anxiety. We have a lot like represented. Every, there's a lot. There's a lot going going on in there. Yeah, especially with Cameron. Sloan's a little like head empty, just vibes. I worry for Cameron. <laughs> I think Cameron needs to do an intensive outpatient program. I mean, <laughs> for real. Yes. For real. The, ca- the catatonic state was I definitely know. worrisome. He needs a little opposite action. He needs a little bit of like DBT skills. He needs to splash a little cold water on his face. You know, we need a parasympathetic nervous system reset for Cameron. 100%. For Cameron, yeah. <laughs> But it is. It is very. Um, I mean, the more we talk about this movie, I will say I'm I'm understanding and we're changing. More. We're changing, we're changing your channel. Yeah, because I am thinking about it and I'm like, it is such a it is actually such a high school movie that like shifts high school movie. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it is like not necessarily outcast, like in the way that like, you know, like the breakfast club is like sort yeah. of being like, right, we are all different, but we can. But like they are so not compact and so yeah. not neurotypical it exists just outside like, so cool. yeah it is outside of all of the expectations and norms of like this era of film you know mm-hmm. and i'm entertained the entire movie like is there really a plot other than like i leave school i hide from principal i go back home no no but am i entertained the whole time because of the little bits and bobs that happen ar- along the way yes 100 percent there's like yes. many th- many conflicts that are resolved within the scene. And I'm like, amazing. Excellent. The only conflict that kind of like lasts a little while is uh, Cameron going catatonic. The car thing resolved itself faster than Cameron, like having this like yeah. weird panic attack thing. So, you know, that's the, the beauty of this movie. The car. The car also. Oh, so I wrote in my notes also about Cameron's parents. Because mm. I also feel like we haven't really talked about that. And I'm like, I feel like Cameron's dad is gay. Because, like, he's so, like, all he talks about is, like, my parents hate each other. Yeah. My dad loves this car more than he loves my mother. And I just feel like he was, like, forced into a marriage because he had to be. He's like, I have to be heterosexual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then he takes it out on his gay son. I love it. He takes it out on his gay son. He's like, I mean, isn't that kind of the way it's like giving fun home a little bit of like I there's queer freedom in my child that I'm not allowed to have yes wow wow we have taken that so deep I kind of love it I mean and anybody who has a conflict with another person in this movie there's a there's an unmet need for Jeannie it's her own gender for Cameron's dad it's his queerness for the principal it's maybe very deep 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 internalized homophobia so there's a lot of unmet needs happening in this movie if only we would listen and try to meet them (laughs) okay i feel like i feel like i want to leave it on this like ring of keys conclusion (laughs) yes i'm here for it of this analysis because that's just such a uh it's so good. Plus, it'll leave us some time to do uh, some ships, even though I feel like it's pretty obvious who we ship, who we're going to ship in this movie. But Emma, if you had to say who's your top ship of the of, of Ferris Bueller, who are you picking? My top ship is I'm a full convert now. Cameron and Ferris top ship. But also, can I just say 
Can I just say Ferris's parents? I ship them. That seems like their marriage is really healthy. Yeah. And um, my parents <laughs> got team. divorced. So it was a beautiful thing to watch these just, you know, a, a classic mom and dad together. No frills. Uh, yeah. to see, loved it. How refreshing in our queer movie to have a straight relationship. I'm like, ooh, different. So I ship. <laughs> they're my they're my second runner up. Ship. Okay, what but, are their names? Do we uh, well, names first, yeah, why don't I look them up and and tell us if you have a ship name for Cameron and Ferris? Pheromone. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like Ferris uh, yes. and Cameron? Yes. Pheromone? Pheromone. 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 But yeah, no, pheromone. it's pheromone. Pheromone. And then what are Ferris's parents' names? Okay, their names are Tom and Katie. Okay, so that's obviously a Tatey vibe. Tatey. Yeah, Tatey. Tatey, ship it. Pheromone and Tatey. Maybe a double D. I don't know. What about you, Lee? I ship my triad. I ship my little polycule. Mm. So so we got Sloan and Ferris and Cameron, which we could use to say... Conus. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, I want it to be slammer, slammer something. Slammerous. That's... Oh, okay. Slammerous. Slammerous. Oh, isn't that a Fergie song? Slammerous? Slammerous. Slammerous. Yeah. Sounds right to me. Yeah. That's how this Yeah, that's how we learned how to spell the word slammerous. Yeah. Yes. Of course. You guys picked such good chips already. For me, it's going to be Jeannie. And, you know, Charlie Sheen's character has no name. He's really, oh, really? Names, like boy, because when I was watching it, like I was watching it through um, Amazon Prime and like, you know, so it gives you the little things. And on it, the, yeah, yeah. And it said like boy in police station. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. But I'll say, let's just name boy in police station, Charlie Sheen. Okay. Um, and it's going to be Charlie. 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 Hot, hot yeah. stuff. Charlie. Starting a Tumblr for Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> they had a really, I feel like they had like a soul connection moment, you know? Mm-hmm. When the therapy came into play. Mm-hmm. That was like, no one had ever seen Jeannie in that way. I know. Just finally like, really finally witnessed in the police station. So it's like you had to go back to the capitalist structure in order to be fully witnessed. Maybe this is the first step to full freedom for Jean. But also by someone who is a, who is like, Against the capitalist structure, right? Right, but they're under it still. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a wild ride. Mm -hmm. I think the main takeaway, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Should have been gay. Should have been gay. Should have been gay. All right, are we ready for a and gay? We're going to ask you some multiple choice or yes or no questions. We put them on our Twitter for our listeners. Amazing. Here we go. I'm here for it. Q, 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 and gay. All right, question number one. Who's the gayest character? A, Ferris. B. Cameron, C. Sloan, or D. Jeannie? Jeannie, because we don't know what she's up to for most of the movie. That's gay behavior. What are you hiding, honey? Yeah, (laughs) so true. Question two, when is Ferris at his campiest? A, morning prep. B, playing daddy. C, at the (laughs) restaurant. Or D, on the float. Help, I'm still at the restaurant. The morning prep. I mean, the the my favorite move is when he covers your eyes, like the fourth wall yeah. covers the fourth wall's eyes, and then you know cleans his nethers. 
I also Perfect. feel like there's something extremely campy about the twisted uh, towel the on the I short know. hair. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, I love it amazing. as well. I love that little guy. Yeah. I love how we did not talk about the playing daddy because it's like too, <laughs> too much. Oh, it's a disturbing scene for me. Yeah. I'm like, I like look forward to it and um, can't stand it every yeah. time I watch. A kiss for daddy doesn't do it for you. <laughs> no, it scares me. Case for yeah. daddy. As it should. As it should. All right. And that that's right. like actually a test to see if we're um, you know, we have our heads on straight. And we do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Question number three. Have you ever stolen a reservation? A yes or B no. Here's what I here's what I did will do. I had <laughs> here's answer C. <laughs> I had a reservation to this place that was like a dessert bar that was weirdly very popular. It, like you literally just go and try these all different desserts and it was a long way what do you mean I, weirdly very popular that sounds incredible it's just like sometimes i'm like hmm, i want a random mango dessert on this random night and then a bunch of other people have the same idea and so mm. i guess it's really just like my individuality complex taking a hit um but yeah it's it's amazing it's called well i'm not gonna say because i i maybe want to don't tell people again. keep it a secret so I went next door for dumplings while I waited. Turns out I missed my like grace period window. I go over. What I did is they like text you like your table's uh-huh. ready. So I just went into my messages and deleted the text and said like, hi, I came over. I never <laughs> I never saw your text. I-, I think you should still see us. And they're like, we texted you at this time. And I was like, no, that's when you texted me like that. I was on the waiting list, which was true. They tried to pull some shit on me. They were like, we texted you 40 minutes ago. And I was like, no, I was in here 40 minutes ago. Put your name on the, list. <laughs> the thing I'm lying about is never getting your text to come back. So, yes, in a way, I stole someone's reservation because nice. I committed text fraud. Sorry. Which, according to this movie, just makes you gay. So I think it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Gay culture. Yeah. I do feel like there is after watching this movie, there's a desire to like pull some some pranks, you know? Right. What should Sneak we do? Some shit. Yeah. You know, the other day um, hit on some girls, uh, you know, suntanning in their backyard. One of yeah. my favorite things to do every summer. Yeah. Go catatonic, you know, <laughs> whatever. Just classic. Fun. That's, that's a winter activity for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Question four. Um, an aspect of the movie we didn't really uh, dive too deep into, but I'm just curious. Um, who gets the worst deal out of a Rooney or B Genie? Rooney gets the worst deal because Rooney should be a registered sex offender by the end of this movie. So true. Stop touching women. Stop touching butch women at the arcade. Stop sneaking into women's houses and stop trying. Also, Rooney's going to jail, like abolish prisons, but send Rooney to jail for (laughs) animal cruelty. So true. So true. He he like feeds the dog flowers to make it go to sleep. Yeah. Like like something's not right. So he has the worst deal, but he deserves it. Yeah. But I do feel a little bad for him on the bus home, the school bus home. <laughs> a fair analysis. Yeah. All right. Our final question. What would you do on a skip day? A, baseball <gasps> game, B, museum, C, beach, or D, pride parade? Pride parade. Duh. Good choice. You would say pride parade. You have the freedom to walk your little toesies around and you can be yourself. Or is it the museum? I'd have to act a little smarter than I was at the beach. You know, you get sand in your crack. I'm more of a lake and pool person. <laughs> And the baseball game, like I could do a few innings, but a summer day at the baseball game, like I've been to Wrigleyville. I used to live near Wrigleyville. That's where the Cubs play. 
and it's where they are in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's a very straight neighborhood. And sometimes I do like to cosplay and, you know, go to the straight bars and just like be a girly. But on my one day off, on my skip day, no, I'm going to the no. Pride Parade, honey. I'm I'm at the parade. Hot Good stuff. Answer. Emma, thank you so much for joining us. This was so fun. Thank you. I had the time of my life. Let our listeners know where they can find you on all the socials, where they can find your stuff. Amazing. So you can find me on Instagram at Emma Jane Grams. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to music under Emma Jane. That's J-A-Y-N-E. Get it right. TikTok at Emma Jane Sings. I think those are my main girls. Oh, on Twitter at Emma Jane. All with a Y, of course, J-A-Y-N-E. And if you support queer youth, this Pride Month and year round, go ahead and give the Future Perfect Project a follow. It's the nonprofit I work for. And we have free arts programming, workshops. We're making an album written entirely by queer youth and produced by queer producers. I um, love it. That will be out soon. So give us a follow at the Future Perfect Project or head to thefutureperfectproject.org because we're amazing and queer youth are have an important message and we need to listen and amplify them. So if you have the means, donate so we can keep doing this work or uh, share with someone who can donate. Love that. Yeah. Yes, this was awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Oh, do you have any shows people can come see you at too? I do have a show coming up this month. I'm going to be performing in Toronto at Lee's Palace on June 24th, Saturday, June 24th, opening for the lovely Ara Zaberry. And it's her album release show. And I'm going to play some unreleased songs of mine because I'm cooking up an Ooh. album. So I'm not playing out as much because I'm in recording and writing mode, but there'll there'll be some fun performances for Brooklyn Knights and New Yorkers soon. Amazing. Soon. So cool. Yeah, definitely everyone check it out. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Say Ferris. Let me hear you say hip, 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 well, yeah. We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. Today, I would like to shout out Genesis underscore Blair One on Instagram, who posted on our Aquamarine Instagram reel saying, no wonder I loved this movie as a kid and now I'm gay. So, yes, if you watch Aquamarine That's as a right. kid, you're gay. You're gay now. We don't make the rules. That's it. We also, listen, we can't stop shouting out uh, CB user Ninja Chris on Twitter who keeps making our beautiful out-of-context spoilers for every episode. Um, and so we just like to shout out the ones that just went up for the episodes that we did on Brave as it should have been gay and our Less Essentials on Sandra Farrow. <laughs> because, listen, I'm sorry, we're not going to stop shouting these out. They're our favorite fucking they things. They are so they funny. crack us up. And you gave us the witch on top of the Klexicon background. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh my god, if someone cosplays as the witch at Lexicon this year, I will die. <laughs> also, Incredible. the San Junipero one was cracking me up where it was like, Lee's crying because she's pregnant and I'm crying just because I always cry. It's also, you know what's even funnier about it to me, which I don't know if anyone knows, but I was pregnant in those photos, wasn't I? Yes. Yeah, right? Because yes. we took those, I think we took those, no, 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 that was, I was I had had Eloise. No, 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 because photos. Eloise was there. Yeah, yeah, No, Eloise was you know there. what I'm thinking? You know why I'm thinking of it? Because that was the trip where Kelsey was pregnant and we hadn't told anyone yet. Yes. That's why I'm thinking of it. Because I just remember we went to your house and your mom was talking about something and like Kelsey and I were side-eyeing each other the entire time. 
So I lied. I wasn't pregnant in those photos. I do have photos that we took on a trip together um, when I was pregnant. And that was the trip where I was like dying. Anyways, good times. So yes, my so I have emotions. <laughs> they, they're they just great. These are these are some of our favorite posts every week. Uh, so keep them coming. Keep them coming, please. Up. Even if they're late, like they make our week. So please send them. They really they're do. so funny. And as always, we want to shout out our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Tanya Ferguson, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, A.D. Benitez, Fiona W., and Sophia Phillips. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Andrea Doucette, and Julia Gonzalez. Thank you all so much. We could not keep doing this podcast without your support and the support of all of our patrons. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up every week. We're also posting video clips on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash to catch them. Les Hangout is an independently produced show. It's hosted by us. Our audio production is done by Ellie. Our production assistant is Krista Murison. And Twitter shenanigans and various other social media stuff is done by me. If you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your shows. It is the best way to let new people know about the show. It brings us up on those rankings and also lets them know, hey, I like this show. Maybe you will too. If you want to support us financially, you can join our Patreon. You get access to ad-free episodes, access to our Discord chat, uh, all sorts of fun stuff like our Les Essentials viewing parties and more. You can join at bit.ly slash lespatreon. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash shop. You do not need to get gay gear only during Pride Month. It's a great time to get it, but show your pride all year long with our Les Hangout merch. Remember, we also have a queer production company where we are making queer podcast musicals with guaranteed happy endings that you can find everywhere at Dollar Bean Prod. Or at our website, dollarbeanproductions.com. You can check out all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame. They are up on any podcasting app. And if you want to help support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash dollarbeanpatreon. We do want to let you all know we are hard at work working on our next musical, Journey to the Heart. It has been a long process, longer than The Flame, because we all, when we did The Flame, I mean, I was literally on COVID unemployment when we did The Flame. Like I had, I was not working. I could only work on The Flame. Um, We all have so much going on, but we are still plugging away. One of our final sessions Mm -hmm. is the end of June for recording sessions. So We promise you we are working. It is just, it's been taking a while, but we're working on it. And it's going to be in your ears soon. It's an intense show. It's It's intense. It is. But it's happening. And it's going to be so worth it once we finally release it. So thank you for your patience with us. We have been working on it tirelessly for you. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Bridget. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And let's hang hang out out again again soon. soon. Let's hang out.